Howdy, folks. This is Chris White, Managing Partner at White Law Office, and you're listening to Basic Business Advice. Excited again to have this uh, three guys with me this morning. I'm going to have them introduce themselves this time. First off, we have Dan Oalabi. Dan? Hey, it's great to be here. Yeah, so I'm Dan Oalabi. Um, I'm an author. I'm the Executive Director of Branches Worldwide, and I'm an owner of Oalabi Leadership. Fantastic. And Jordan Mullet, we've got you with us. Jordan? Yeah, third-generation business owner and part owner at the Ruby Group Sandler Training, and also have a small business in Berlin called the Berlin Escape Room. That's awesome. It's a great place to go and get, get blow a little steam and find out if you're smart enough to get out. And, and then we've got Ken Hostetler back with us again. Ken, go ahead and introduce yourself real quick. Yeah, it's great to be here. I'm Ken Hostetler. I'm an attorney and partner at White Law Office and a former uh, business owner in the construction industry. These guys have been with us now. This is our fourth episode together, and we've been exploring different scenarios surrounding small business owners and offering basic business advice regarding what they might do in their scenarios. And today's scenario is much different than episode three. Episode three, if you were back there listening to that, that was a startup and on the edge of failure and questioning whether it was supposed to go forward and dig deep or whether it's just time to let it go and move on. This time, we've got an older business, and we've got Dan Miles, who's the owner of Delivery Inc. He's been in business for 22 years now, and he's in delivery and logistics, something that's familiar to our local community as well. He employs 25 people and has two different managers that have worked for him, one who's been with him for quite some time. Dan has been in this business for just over two de decades. He launched it in his 40s after he left where he was and he did a startup and it really was successful for him. But he's starting to question what is next for him and for Delivery Inc. Dan has not done any succession planning, but he does have a manager that's been with him for 15 years and several family members that work for the company. He feels the pull to create security for his family's future but the truth of the matter is none of them is really quite as qualified as his manager. Dan's talking to you three over our fictional breakfast table. And he's at the local Greasy Spoon and you guys are have the noise in the background. And Dan is sharing with you a little bit of this scenario. How do you advise him? What is the first piece of advice you give him to start his transition? And who should get delivery aid? Well, I, I can jump in there. I mean... Being on the receiving end of this, I'm not at the point where I'm transitioning my business. I just want to say, what the heck? I mean, I watch business owners over and over and over get in this spot. And we have example after example after example where this is not the way I go about it. Don't get to this place and not have a plan. So I guess I'm going to throw this back over to Ken and Dan. Why in the world do people get here? Right. So I know we're kind of jumping out of the scenario right away, but why, what makes somebody not have a plan at this point? You know, if I was going to say something, <laughs> I, I'm right there with you. I mean, I see it over and over and over again. And I think oftentimes people are successful. Entrepreneurs are successful because they've run the show for so long. They're the man at the top. They're the guy who calls the shots. And so being able to transition just that sense of you know, that sense of leadership to somebody else while they're still able to lead is a very, very difficult thing. So oftentimes people wait until their capacity diminishes or they don't have the energy that they had before. They don't have the influence that they had before. And now they feel that emergency, that sense of pressure to pass the business on to somebody else. And now they're thinking about it when it's way, way too late. They should have been thinking about it like a decade ago. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. I think one of the reasons that guys delay so long, what I've seen a lot, 
is that business owners continually hope that their family members are going to step up. Oftentimes they have kids that are younger, they have kids that might want an opportunity later. And so they're really hesitant to say, you know what, I'm gonna transition someone in from the outside because what's it gonna look like in five years? What's it gonna look like in 10 years if my kids want an opportunity? And I've already given that opportunity to someone else. And so by default, it's much easier to delay that decision and delay that decision with the hope that the, the, what they have in mind, whatever their dream is, is going to come to fruition at some point. Yeah. And I, and I get it. I'm, I'm not arrogant enough to think that that's not going to be me someday, that I'm not going to be in the exact same shoes. Um, I feel sometimes like a little bit like the, uh, you know, before I had kids, we would look at all the people that had kids and we'd say, well, I'm going to do it this way. I'm going to raise my children this way. And then you have kids, it's a whole different ball game. But it, it is hard. This is not an easy topic. This is something that takes a lot of time and effort and thought. So jumping back in the scenario, I'm probably going to, you know, I'm going to ask Dan questions like, what have you done so far? Where do you want to be? Are you willing to, to move past family? Are you willing to to, to look at other options. Are you willing to do something? How much money do you want? Yeah. And I think this is the hardest part is a lot of times people don't start because they don't know where to start. And I, a lot of times what I assess to them is what I call a bird cage. And this is the concept that if, if you put a bird cage in your kitchen and don't tell anybody why it's there and don't put a bird in it, eventually the people around you are going to conspire to try and figure out, Hey, you want a bird and they're going to buy a bird for you and put it in that bird cage. So sitting down, taking the time and saying, well, what do I want the next 10 years to look like? And, and actually making some decisions about where do I want to be, what I want the business to be. And nothing can really happen until you start thinking that way. And that's one of the first things that needs to happen is sit down, set some goals, talk to your family, where do you want to be, and make some decisions. One of the things we see business owners often get into this situation is that, you know, they, they, they fail to see the forest for the tree. They've been so focused on hacking this tree down and doing it really well. And, and in Dan's case, in our scenario here, really being successful over the past two decades and building something that's successful, but he's failed to be able to pull himself out of this and really see that forest, you know, really identify where he's going. Why is it that you guys feel that owners of small businesses and even uh, successful owners fail to be able to pull themselves out of the midst of this to be able to plan effectively for that? What, what makes them get stuck there? Well, I almost don't want to touch that one. Uh, that, uh, this is where we talk about on the business versus in the business. And, you know, I, I'm, the majority of what I do is helping people work on the business. That's, that's what I do. But, you know, for a very long time in my own small business, we didn't hire outside people to help us with that. And that's what's so difficult is that this takes time and effort. You know, even to, to get good answers on succession, you're not looking at one meeting. You're looking at maybe, I don't know, 10 to 15 meetings with family, with outside people over a good two to three years. This is a lengthy process because a lot of times there's a lot of complications. There's, you, you have to set up estate planning. Um, there's just a lot going on, regardless, just keeping the business running. Yeah, one of the things that I see uh, a lot is that business owners uh, are, you know, we, we all fall into this of we work incredibly hard to get to where we're at. And once we kind of reach that, 
we begin to be pretty comfortable with that. We figure out what we like to do, what we don't like to do. We figure out what decisions we want to make, what decisions we don't want to make. And this touches on all of those things. You're starting to give up control. You're starting to say, you know what, I need to move myself to a position of where I'm not necessarily needed anymore. You know, so there's a lot of insecurities that go with, you know, what if my business can just run without me? What does that look like? And so that's another part of why this discussion is so hard is because it's, it's tied into all the things that you've worked to do to get there. You're trying to get to a new position. And now you're having to ask yourself, well, what does that mean for my own future and, and, and moving ahead with that? You know, I think Ken is 100% spot on on that because there's the business part of it where it just makes sense. You know that the end is coming and you have to transition. But there's the personal part where you've made your business so much a part of you and you've watched it grow. To be able to hand that off is very difficult. And honestly, it's going to be hard for you to see anybody who's qualified to step into your shoes. I mean, it's just very difficult to imagine that person. And so you'd rather be family than somebody else. But in reality, you don't think anybody can do that because you think you played such a pivotal role. I just had a conversation with a guy who was 78. Get it, 78. Um, he grew a very successful business in our era. We sat down one-on-one -on -one and I talked about this exact thing. And he said he groomed his son to take over for 10 years. And at the very end, he realized his son didn't want it and, and his son was not going to be good at it. And so he had to shift gears right there in the middle and find somebody from the outside and bring that guy in and then groom him for another couple of years. And he ended up retiring much later than he wanted to. But by the time he retired, you know, he, the guy was set up and the guy was ready to go. And then get this, it still didn't go the way he expected it to. You know, he had a small outside role to play in the company and he felt like the company was taking a different direction than he wanted, but he couldn't take control back. And so, you know, there's those feelings of, of conflict that happen when you're trying to bring somebody in and there's multiple stages of frustration and tension that you're going to go through. Oftentimes, entrepreneurs and leaders and business leaders just would rather not go through that. And they're hoping for the white knight to show up and just take the reins and everything is going to go well. And that rarely happens. So real quick, you guys, is this question of identity, this question really circles around that question of identity is an entrepreneur is a title. It's something that we put on our, our LinkedIn. It's something that we put out there and we say we are an entrepreneur and it becomes a part of our identity. And an entrepreneur who, in our case of Dan right here, be, who becomes successful, is it, is it a conflation of the identity of the business with the person? Is that what's going on here? Uh, there's no question. I mean, if you think about it, a lot of people put their name on their businesses, right? And not only that, a lot of people become known by their businesses. And there is an identity that, that happens there, good or bad, right? Good or bad, but it influences us. It, it is, sometimes it's our safe zone. Sometimes it's the place where when everything else is chaos, I can go to work, I can work on my business and I understand that. I can see the levers, I can see all the different things. And so it's a lot simpler, so I'll stay with that. It's dangerous. It, it really is. You spend 40, 20, 40 years building something, and then all of a sudden it's time to step back. I get a lot of questions from people that are in that stage is, well, what, what's next? Uh, by the way, a Bob Buford has spent a lot of time on this. He's a great author, wrote a book called Halftime. If you're in this place, this is a great book to go read and start looking for that. That's exactly right. Um, Jordan, I mean, I love that you said that because countless times I talk to people who are in the last four years, the last three years of their business. And that question of what's next 
isn't so much like an esoteric question. I want to say esoteric question. It's not so much of a question like that. Um, as much as it's a question about practicality, like what am I actually going to do with my hours? Like I, I'm, I'm a worker. I wake up early, but I've got nowhere to go. I don't want to go to McDonald's and sit with all the old dudes. Like what am I going to do now? And so those are real questions that people have to ask themselves. And if they don't have answers to them, they would much rather just go back to work. And like you said, pull the levers. That becomes the easy answer. I, I think this goes so much back to what our purpose is. And so many times we think we look at our purpose and we look at it specifically just to one business. And I think that as a Christian, God has built us from my worldview of Christian worldview, God has built us for a greater purpose than just a business. And that there's things that are on the inside of us that that, that business is only just a stepping stone to whatever's next. And I believe that in our 60s and 70s are some of our greatest times of influence and that we can move past just our business world into greater things to be able to make a difference there. So really the question is, is, you know, why did God create you? What are you there for? What is your purpose? By the way, another great book is uh, Purpose Driven Life by Rick Warren. Really helps you work through a lot of those things. I'm going to throw a dagger at Ken because Ken and I are in a profession where you, somebody, you said it, Jordan, people will often put their names on their business. And, you know, the whole legal profession is one of those that it's usually the name of the guys that are running the business and they become absorbed in it. Ken, and you and I have talked about this outside of this conversation a number of times about the problem of practitioners not being able to successfully transition their business because their practice is them. They have not built anything beyond that. How do you respond to that? How do you respond both as a person inside of a profession that is keenly identified by the person who's providing the services and the business that is surrounding them. How do you respond to all this? Yeah, you're, you're right. The legal profession uh, name is name means a lot. And it's really hard uh, to say, you know, you can remove yourself from that. And the legal profession as a whole is trying to move away from that, you know, with legal zoom and other services of where it's structured more like a business, but a lot of attorneys are still stuck in, okay, this is my business. It has my name on it. I don't know how to retire. I don't know how to move past this. And I'm going to push back and say some of that's okay. When you guys were talking about, you know, how do you get to that point and say, okay, well, I'm, I'm 75 years old. I'm still going to work every day. There are people that truly love that. And there are people that you know, have kind of said, look, this is my business. This is what I want to do. And if I want to practice law at 75 and I don't have a succession plan and I'm okay with saying, you know what, when I die, my business dies with me, there has to be space for that. And so there's, there's finding that mix of, for some business owners, yes, they need a succession plan. For other uh, people, if they're happy doing that at 78 years old and they say, you know what, I'm just going to let it be what it is when I die, uh, we have to be okay with that as well. Ken, even that's a plan, right? And that's, that's the difference there is that's still a plan. What, what we're talking about with Dan is not a plan. He doesn't know. He doesn't have a way forward. He's not, he doesn't know what he's saying. Like, in my mind, the GPS is not even turned on, right? He doesn't even know where he's at on the map, let alone have a direction set, right? I mean, the first thing he's got to do is turn the GPS on. That, that's true. But the reality is, his, by not having a plan, that, that is his default plan. So my question is, guys, Dan is not unlike so many other people that we know. Did he fail to start with the end in mind? 
did he fail to have a plan when he began this thing of what it was going to look like to exit? Or is that not a failure? And that's just the reality of the situation that until you know it's successful, you shouldn't be planning one way or another. Where should he have started with this? 22 years ago when he started delivering, should he have started with the end in mind? Yeah, I, this, is, this is so hard because honestly, it, it, everybody has a picture of where they want to get to. The problem is that once they get there, they have to get a new picture. And so many times for an entrepreneur, they're so much further along than what they had pictured, right? Business grows, business changes, and all of a sudden they forget that they need that picture. And I think that's one of the hardest places to be as a business owner is that when you don't have that next picture, it, it does get hard. So that's where you need people around you that are asking you those tough questions. You need people around you that are saying, hey, where do you want to be next? And every time that you go to them for advice, they're asking you questions like, well, that depends. Where do you want to be in five years? Where do you want to be in 10 years? And I don't think anybody's asking Dan that question right now. I would totally agree with that. I think, you know, ultimately it's hard to say when he should have made that decision. But I think at some point in the last 10 years, that should have crossed his mind. I mean, as he wakes up in the morning and his knees start to hurt, you know, and his friends are spending more time in Florida, you know, and his kids are getting older and they're making decisions. And all of a sudden his options start to narrow in regards to what he actually can do in the next 10 to 15 years. A light bulb should have gone off to say, okay, I can't do this forever. And prudence tells me that I need to start setting somebody up. And if he didn't feel that sense of pressure 10 years ago, he definitely feels it now. And now his options are certainly limited. And so at some point, he needs to bite the bullet and just say, look, you know what, if this is going to happen, I have to make the best decision I can right in the moment. And it might not have been the greatest decision. I could have made a better decision 10 years ago, but I am not 10 years ago. I'm right now. And so being able to make that decision based on the information he has and the options that he has, that's why. So I wouldn't even focus on the fact that he failed in the past. I would say, hey, what do you want to do right now, given the options that you have? I think a good, another good place to start is actually setting time aside to start working on the business and to start thinking about those things. All these things take time outside the business. And so you have to have time away. You have to start building these in time per month, time per quarter that you're setting aside, that you're just able to start thinking about these things. If you as a business owner are not doing that with yourself, with your team, um, you're, you're shortchanging yourself. You're, you're, running the machine at 100% and it's not built or designed for that. I want to take a moment and I want to focus on one of the problems that Dan's encountering here. Family. In a family-run business where the family's involved and a family, you know, whether it's a patriarch or matriarch has led the way in forming this business, sometimes that becomes a family's identity, you know, inside of that. And Dan in our scenario here is fooling, feeling a very strong pull to those family relationships, but recognizing that, man, maybe they're not the best people to lead this business on a business, business forward. What are your guys' thoughts on that dynamic of a family business or a business family, whichever comes first inside of that? What are your thoughts about advising Dan on how he can talk to his kids, especially if he's talking to his kids about not being the most qualified to lead this business forward? Yeah, I, I run into this quite a bit as far as, you know, they want to bring family in, but they're not sure about whether it's going to be a good fit. They don't know whether the family can step up uh, or they may already know, you know what, the family can't step up and it's, it's never going to make sense for them to lead this company. And so one of the conversations that we often have is the fact that they can have ownership without having management responsibilities, without having 
decision-making responsibilities. And I really feel like that really opens up a lot of additional doors for guys to talk through about saying, okay, well, they can still benefit from this company, but they don't necessarily have to be the ones making the day-to-day decisions because they may need, they may be ill-equipped to make those decisions. Yeah, and what's I think what's hard about that, Ken, is that some of those things are very difficult for someone to think through. There is a natural tendency in us to want our children to take on what we have. Again, from a Christian worldview, from our example in the Bible is it's the father did everything through the son. And I think that's built into the core of who we are, that we want, we build things for our children. We build things for our son. And so you've got this wrestling on the inside that's saying, you know, everything I've done, I've done for them. And then to imagine that they're not going to take it on sometimes is very hard to picture. But the truth is, is that, you know, a lot of times a business can give opportunity for the children to go do something else, right? It doesn't necessarily have to be inside the business. Uh, and I'm, I can say that firsthand, right? I, I come from a third generation business. Um, my dad told me over and over again, if you want to go, go, right? And he's always equipped me and given me the permission that I don't have to stay inside of his business. And he's been very supportive as I left and as I've started new ventures. To, to be able to be there for me. Dan, what do you say to Dan on this scenario? What do you say to him about this pull with family and the, those emotions that are going on with him, but also wanting to do what's best? What do you say? Yeah, I mean, I would say he needs to start having those tough conversations. He needs to start inching towards that. It's a very, very difficult thing to do. And ultimately what he needs to do is he needs to separate the relationship that he has with them versus the decision that he has to make. They have to understand that he loves them unconditionally. He really wants what's best for them. And if he makes a decision, it's with their best interest in mind. Because when he finally pulls the trigger, they have to believe that. They have to lean back on their history with him and all the things that he's told them and all the things that he's done to help them understand, okay, my dad or my grandpa or whatever isn't doing this out of malice because clearly he loves me because of all the things that he said before. But as he's looking me in the eye and he's telling me that I can't run the business or I can't have this position, or he's going to move me to this, or I'm going to be an owner without management opportunities. I have to be able to trust that he loves me based on the evidence that he's had, that he's had in my life in the past. And so I would say you need to start laying the groundwork for those difficult decisions without actually pulling the trigger. If you know what's coming, start letting everyone know, hey, look, like I really do care about you. And any decision I make in the business is separate from my personal relationship. If he can do that well over time, I'm talking years, then ultimately he's gonna be able to be successful. A foundation of trust to have healthy conflict in that is, is something I think would be essential for Dan to have to be laying that foundation from his beginnings in the business, it's so hard. Well guys, thank you so much for what you've shared today. Folks, as our listeners out there, Dan, Jordan, Ken, these guys are in real time working with folks on these kinds of issues all the time, coaching, leading, advising, just consulting and providing an ear. And so they have the chops, the experience and knowledge to help be involved. If you have any questions about anything going on in this, reach out to one of them. Find an advisor to speak into your life. It is the time to start is now when you need to start having these conversations. And taking away from uh, today in our scenario with Dan, as he's sitting across the table finishing uh, breakfast up with these guys, the hope is, is Dan's able to walk away from this with the knowledge that he's got to start laying a plan and turn on that GPS, like Jordan said, so he can start putting together what needs to happen next. 
don't pull the rug out from people underneath this scenario because if you want your business to succeed to the next generation, you've got to make a plan for it to succeed. So guys, thank you so much for uh, your contributions today. Listeners, thank you so much for listening in with us. Please leave us thoughts, comments. If you have a scenario you would like us to tackle in the future, please send it our way. We'd be happy to look at that and, and talk our way through that, what advice we might give. This is Chris White, the managing partner at White Law Office, and this is Basic Business Advice. Thanks for listening.